Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sample Podcast, and I'm on Social Dynamics Podcast in the world. And today with me, I have a guy that has changed my industry wholeheartedly. He brought the science to dating, to relationships, to understanding female and male communication, as also as well as high status communication. The author and bestseller of the book Higher Status. Today with me, Jason Kaplan is someone that has had multiple, multiple, multiple six to seven to eight figure businesses throughout his journey. He started in basketball, went to dating, now teaching other people how to make millions and millions of dollars worldwide. He's someone, as I said, that brought the science, brought evolutionary psychology, brought the understanding behind hierarchies and status into the dating market, into from cold approach to social circle gamers, someone that was a pioneer for understanding this stuff well before I was. And then obviously I've come into it. A man that had a better undercut than Thomas Shelby back in the day, Mr. Jason Capital. How are you today, sir? It was a hell of an intro. I'm very happy to be here. And I have to admit, I have no idea who Thomas Shelby is. Peaky blinders. Peaky blinders. Ah, now I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, the one where everyone puts these quotes that he doesn't say and it makes you like feel good. Yeah, that one. It's either him, it's him or it's Tom Hardy. It's one of those two. It's the masculine figure. It must be like that. All right. Where I want to start was Audi Convertible, bumping Rick Ross. You made your first bit of money from selling your basketball um, ebook. Bring us back to that moment because that seems to be a big moment in your life. And that seems to be a, a moment where, you know, you, you've come from nothing, you've built something, and it seems like you've done this multiple, multiple times over and over again. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, that was, that was an amazing moment for me. That was, uh, it's like before, I, I, want, I actually want to talk about before that happened, because I think that's, that's probably more interesting or at least give some context. So before that had happened, all I knew was uh, I've been rejected by friends and girls my entire life up to that point. It had made me a very shy individual. And uh, so I didn't want, one, I was afraid of people. And two, I also knew I didn't want a normal life. I love my mom and dad. Don't want your life. Sorry. I don't like that you get up and go to a job every day. That's just, that's not what I'm interested in. So um, I almost created this cocoon for myself where I'm, I'm anti-social, but I'm also like anti-school. And so mm. I, the fact that I can make money on the internet for my laptop, sitting in my dorm room all alone was such a, uh, an alluring concept to me that I became obsessed with it. And as my brother says, uh, during that time, I basically just locked myself in the room and I didn't come out until I was making money. And that's basically what happened. And when I came out, um, you know, I wasn't cognizant of what I'm telling you now, but when I came out, I'm like, oh, I got the biggest dick on campus now. I'm the man. <laughs> I'm, I'm making all this money. All you guys are going to school. You're stupid. I'm smart. And I got this convertible and, you know, my professor drove a crappy car and I'd park next to her to show like all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and that was, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, as, uh, as egotistical as all that stuff sounds, I still look back on those days with a little bit of joy. It was awesome. Those early memories are the ones that stick too. When you're just like, you're all giddy about it and fuck it. I can imagine. Well, so for, for you, you know, give us a bit of context. You know, when I came up, I was part of RSD. I was part of that whole community. And you were the guys that were, were competing. You were the guys that I was looking up to and stuff like that when I was coming up. So that's how you have a big impact on my life, especially, you know, coming through. I found Elliot Hulse, your connection with Elliot Hulse, you know, with, with RSD, with Owen. And then, and then with you, I was like, wow, it had a, such a big impact your your transformation from you know where you, where you first started with the basketball and then as you as you said in a lot of other podcasts where you've you've been emerged in it where was the change from you know straight cold approach to the social circle what was the moment that you understood holy shit this is different like this is not like this works but it's very time fucking consuming this is easier better yeah. roi that's a great way to frame it. I'll give you two data points. Uh, the yeah. first one was when I lived in Santa Monica and me and my buddy Obi would just cold approach day game all day long, every day for you know three or four hours in the afternoon mm -hmm. and uh, doing it every day because I thought that's what I needed to do, yeah. but also being aware that I hated doing it every day. I did not look forward to it. I was anxious about it all morning until I had to go do it. And even when I had to go do it, you know, I got to do all this warm up exercise and put myself in the state. Mm. And it never dawned on me like, man, if you have to do all this shit just to do something, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. You know, maybe there's a better way. Mm. So there was that. The other thing I noticed is all the bars and clubs that I would go out to, all the girls that I wanted came there with dudes. You know, it was very rare to see uh, the really, really hot girls, uh, you know, just by themselves. They always came in groups. They came with other dudes. And I'm like, it would be so much easier if I was just one of those dudes. Yeah. Like I'm doing all this work just to try and get the girl and he like, they're just friends and he just came with her. And so mm -hmm. 
a seed was planted that, you know, my mind, like, how can I be one of those guys? That was what I wanted to figure out. Mm-hmm. I met a buddy of mine uh, named Greg Greenway. Have you ever heard of Greg? That name ringing, ringing a little bell. Yeah. He's old school. Uh, okay. he's, he's very good kid. <laughs> but I met him in 2000, I think 12 or 13, living mm-hmm. in, he was living in LA also. And um, he came up from the school of like Adam Lyons and like yep. Gambler and mm-hmm. London and Matthew Hussey and like those guys. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. Where he and uh, Greg was the social circle expert. That's what he did. Okay. And so I became friends with him. I remember we're out at dinner one night at this, this steakhouse in Santa Monica. And I'm telling him about all this day game approaching I'm doing. And he's like, mate, that sounds exhausting. And I'm like, it's hard, but it's awesome. I'm like, I got eight numbers yesterday. And he's like, why, why are you doing all that? And I was like, that's how you meet girls. And he was like, dude. And he sent me this report while we're sitting at dinner on our phones that he'd written a report called The Death of Cold Approach was the name of his uh-huh. report. Back and in he's those like, days, holy shit. This was yeah. 10 years ago. So he, oh. he killed it. He killed it. He buried it a long time ago. Uh, he's like, read this. So I read it. And he basically goes into this thesis that uh, cold approach is the worst way to meet women. And the best way is the social circle. And he went through how to engineer a social circle, basically. Mm. Uh, so I got to build that social circle with him in Los Angeles and in Las Vegas in like 13, 14, 15. And, and, you know, getting to do it with him, I learned very quickly all the tricks he had. Like we'd a, we'd a system in Las Vegas that was like ridiculously effective. Um, but it, it shifted from me being this, this pinball bouncing from girl to girl, trying to get girls to me sitting at the table and girls were just brought to me. You know, it, like you go from being a court jester to a king. It's a lot yeah. better to be a king. It, it was back in those days, you were t- talking about funnels and, and trying to work it out and work out a system. It's amazing how entrepreneurs always think of ROIs. It's like return of investment, but like, you know, because no one wants to be walking around Santa Monica Pier or going to, you know, the bungalow down there and stuff like that. And then you're walking in and it's like, oh, got to do my time now, you know, got to warm up, got to do my vocal exercises. I actually remember <clears throat> going to the bungalow with yeah. um, a guy who was, a, he was an RSD student. Uh, mm. And I just, we met online on like a YouTube comment yeah. or something like that. And we went and um, I was a little bit embarrassed to be honest with him mm. because some of the things he was doing, meeting girls, I was like, this is, it was, it was just weird. Most of them rejected him. He would like get rejected and then he'd come back and he'd be like, you see that? That was awesome. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I have social freedom now. And I'm like, no, you just got rejected. Like it's, <laughs> I'm pretty it's, sure you just, <laughs> yeah. I, I think your KPIs are a little off here. Cause that's yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like the, um, you know, like I made the business, like you make any money. No, no, I made the business. Yeah. It's fucking great. <laughs> it's like, there's <laughs> no money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was the whole, the whole point, you know, it's like, it's funny because, you know, a lot of the time, you know, you see a lot of the fresh and fit and you see a lot of the guys, especially because I'm more into more the networking side of social circle. And I've seen a lot it took me about a good 28 minutes to scroll down to the bottom of your Instagram page, by the way, took ages, but it was very interesting that, that even back in those days, you connected with someone that is a huge star called Oliver Henders. I don't know if you are boys that said on that, you're boys. Yeah. Yeah. So it was so funny. So take us through, you know, you've just come up, you've started to understand social circle and you've started to implement it. What, What are some of the, like the experiences that you've had? coming in that that made you really go holy shit this is it like it's all about status it's all about money social circle is the way you know because you're meeting though you know you're meeting some people that have gone on to be international stars now you know and that's that's what i tell tell a lot of the guys your connections are just like you never know one connection just changes the game you know so what are some of the experiences you experienced i'll tell you a girl one that that stands out for me um Mm. so when i was 24 i started making like good money i became a millionaire for the first time that year Mm. and um you know, one of the first things I did, I was like, I'm going to buy bottles because I've never done that. And I see these guys buying bottles and it looks yeah. fun. I don't know. Let's see what that's like. <laughs> and I go out and I don't know, I spend a few grand and it, mm-hmm. it was fun. Um, it wasn't that life changing. And I was like, this would get really expensive really quickly. I don't know that I want to do this. And uh, Greg and I were talking about it mm-hmm. and we were like, he was like, you know, you can just hack that. Like you can have tables and girls without spending any money. I'm like, how do you do that? Oh, and he was like, okay promoters and i was like oh how does that work and so what we did is we befriended a couple promoters on the la club scene yep and we uh knew a couple promoters in las vegas and we basically said to the vegas promoters hey if we bring x amount of girls from la to vegas with us what can Mm. you do for us over the weekend smart very smart free hotel rooms we got free dinners and we got free tables for all the girls and this was like a three-day thing so we ended up going to uh vegas with like 20 girls Mm. um 
We brought him to the club in Vegas. Everything was free. And when you show up to a club surrounded by girls, that only begets more girls. Yeah. Um, and it was like such an epic weekend. And I was like, I didn't spend any money. This was so much better. And that was like the, I was like, I'm, I'm never going back. I will yep. never go back to what I was doing. <laughs> 25 times in one year. I can understand now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, you get I could definitely understand. And that's where we're our, our paths cross because I, you know, I, I was doing, I started to do, you know, as well as you in 2015, started to do the live tours and I was doing it for RSD. And that's where I was just like, oh, that's where that, you know, they'll be like, oh, I think Bingo was in there. I was like, oh, Jason Capital. I don't remember him. Yeah. You, you saw me out there or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, 2015 was when we were doing a lot of the free tours in, in Vegas. And I remember I was just like, well, I didn't see you, but I heard you were just like fucking a couple of places away or something like that. Or I just found a rump, like I bumped into him. I was like, oh, fuck, fuck, nice. You know what I mean? We're all. That's awesome. I remember running into, uh, <clears throat> leaving like Dre's after hours at like 6 a.m., running yeah. into to Luke a couple of oh, times. Oh, yep. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he would have always been out there. You're Michael Sartains and everything like that we've had on the podcast. Now, one of the things that that we, I just had Elliot on the podcast yesterday, right? A couple of weeks ago, sorry. Uh, and, um, and one of the things that really stood out to me that I want to get into with more the high, higher status communication, higher status of your book, as well as some of the things that you've been, you know, if I go back to my mind, I'm like, if I think about this one topic, there's only two people that come to my mind, Right. Number one being Elliot Hulse, number one, number two being you, which is bioenergetics, right? Mm. You are someone that, you know, has, has Elliot was the one that, that got me interested. You were the one that really kind of like how I can implement it in social situations, how I can implement it before I'm doing that. So talk us through like your journey to finding bioenergetics, finding that sort of, that understanding that energy can be moved, anything, anything, energy can be like, you know, just manipulated as well as the, uh, the barking, you know, that's, that's what a lot of people remember you for. So um, I think it was 2017, I had a, a seminar in Southern California and Elliot mm. spoke at it mm. and uh, he was hanging out a couple of days after. And I was like, Hey man, I, I'm interested in this bioenergetics thing. And I want you to like do a private session with me. Okay. He was like, okay, we can do this. But he goes, we need two things. We need a mattress and we need a joint of marijuana. And I'm like, what are we doing? You know, like, <laughs> you're like, getting? hang on, what, what? <laughs> Where is this going? But I, I was full, I'm the fully compliant student. I'm like, got you, no problem. So he comes over the next day, my house. We go upstairs. I, I, we smoke the weed before, obviously, I should say that. And then there's a, I put a mattress on the ground, I'm like, yes. And then he goes, take all your clothes off. And I'm like, all right, dude. Like, Hang on. <laughs> you, got, you got me high and now they're taking my clothes. Like, where is this going? Uh, and he's like, trust me. I'm like, all right, dude. I like, I've known Elliot a long time. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. Uh, so I get down to my boxer shorts and he has me do the whole, you know, the, the bow and the arch. And then he puts me on the mattress and I'm kicking and I'm screaming and I'm doing other things. And at some point during that experience, I lost myself. Uh, in a way that I'd never done before. I'd done psychedelics and other drugs, but this was different. It felt deeper. And uh, the last thing I remember when I, the lights came on, so to speak, is I'm on the mattress, I'm staring at the ceiling. I have a giant thousand watt smile on my face and I am as happy as I've ever been. And Elliot is seated in a cross-legged position next to me, like a, a yogi, just staring at me. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And he was, you know, he said, whatever he said, take your time, whatever. And he left me in there for a while. And I kind of, you know, after 20 minutes later, I went back downstairs uh, and I told him, I was like, dude, I don't know what you just did, but you just like set me off on a new path. Like I'm, I'm going to explore this now. Yeah. Um, and so I, I ended up hiring a, a bioenergetics coach um, who worked me through a bunch of stuff and, and it just became a part of my life. And it's, it's freaking awesome, man. And I recommend it to everybody. It's amazing. I'm trying to build the resurgence behind it because it's a thing that no one knows about. I talk about no one, like, well, what is that shit? What is that? No one knows. And it is untapped, even to this day. You know, little, little mechanisms that you can do that will boost your energy is fucking what we need. <laughs> it's incredible. And it, what I think is interesting, just I can't help but think about marketing all yeah, the time. So I'm of course. Yeah. This. So are you familiar with the liver king? Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he was just on Logan Paul last week or whatever, and yep. he's blowing up right now, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think about why, why is he blowing up? What's going on there? And one thing I think that's really important for anyone who wants to blow up whatever they do is he has a demonstration that is absolutely captivating to people. It, like, like, so my, my video editor, Dan, right? Yeah. Dan is an awesome dude. Dan is a surfer. Dan's not that interested in money. He's not that interested in marketing. He's just a cool, chill dude. 
he knows who the liver king is because when he's scrolling and he sees a guy eating raw chicken breast, he can't stop but be like, what the hell am I seeing right now? Yeah, yeah. Having some very contrarian, captivating demonstration, especially a physical one, Mm. I think... Like you take that away from Liver King and he's not Liver King. He's, he's just, just a, he's a bodybuilder. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Right. And so like bioenergetics to me, that was Elliot's version of Liver King that made him so popular eight years ago or something. Right. Um, yeah, marketing yeah, yeah. stands out for me because that was, you know, something I did and, and I believe in a lot. And so I think with bioenergetics, like you could, if you found, like you don't need to be an expert at it, but if you yeah. had one exercise of bioenergetics that is, uh, visually a giant visual pattern interrupt to people. Yeah. I think you could ride that to the top of the industry, at least on social. And that, that was almost like the bark for you, wasn't it? You know, cause that really stood out. Like I remember, I remember that fucking now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like who's, who starts a video by barking, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, no one. Yeah. And, and I didn't know about bioenergetics when I started barking. I just, uh, before I would go out and, you know, to put myself in a state or before I made videos, I found if I barked, it just made me more expressive. It made me more authentic. Um, and then I was like, why don't I just bark on camera instead of before I hit record? And it just yeah. worked even better that way. Well, I remember one of the things that you you said in one of the videos and it was like, it was, it, it might've been a behind the scenes video where you were talking with, with your videographer or something. And it, and you were trying to, you, you didn't even care about the words that you were going to say. It was all about like the way that you presented yourself, you know, the subcommunication, the subtle nuances. And so really, you know, what I, what I got from you, especially, you know, as well as, you know, we talk, we're going to talk about David M. Buss and evolutionary psychology is a lot to do with the way that you present yourself in your subcommunication, your higher communication, your higher status. Talk us through, you know, with that, because you're, you're, you were the pioneer at the start, you know, you know, I read your books, I read everything. And so you saw it before a lot of other people did. How did you catch that? before other people saw it and now you know i've, I've taken it on and stuff and, and everyone started to take it on now how did you catch it before everyone else so i don't want to take credit and say that i'm the one who started it uh mm. obviously status is evolutionary so uh yeah, of course <laughs> it's not like yeah you have course, I mean, humanity started it yeah uh the, the women who selected the high status cavemen are the ones who probably started it yeah um but i i am good at I, I do think I have a talent at spotting unique ideas that are really powerful mm. uh, that other people don't realize are that good and then popularizing them. I'm, I'm good at that. I've, I have a yeah. pattern. And so years, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I saw a seminar by David D'Angelo or Evan Pagan yeah. um, and it's a full seminar. And he had one slide in there just in the middle. And he was just like, by the way, there's this thing status. And, and, you know, some people think it's really important and you can kind of think of status as like uh, status equals mating opportunities. Anyways, Go to the next. <laughs> that's it. That was it. And I was like, wait, pause. What, what the hell did you just say? Because that sounds, that sounds like the hack. That's the cheat code, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that set me off on a path to be like, wait, is, is this the thing? And through all my research, mm. as well as just, you know, anecdotal life experience, I was like, this is, this is it. This is the whole thing right here. This is the game. This is the linchpin. Um, and the other thing that really cemented it for me was mm. I, when I started putting products out online, I would get two types of testimonials. One guy says, uh, you know, this shit works. The line worked. Thanks so much, man. And the other guy's like, it doesn't work at all. And I was very confused as to why that was. Because in person with my, me and my client, like it worked. Yeah. And so I had my first, uh, dating seminar with these customers after a few years of selling products to them. So I get to meet them in person finally. Mm. And the ones who it didn't work, I got to meet. Amazing, by the way, that it doesn't work and they still come to your seminar. Interesting. Good marketing. That's why. Yeah. yeah. But they still, they're like, all right, I need to go in person. Then it'll work, right? All right. But then I meet them and their their voice is up here and their body language is like this and they're dressed like, oh, and they got dirt in their fingernails. The, the neck and beard, all, the fucking, yeah, like everything. Yeah, I get you. They'd all of, and I'm like, well, of course it doesn't work. Like, mm. Can you hear yourself? Do you see yourself? You know, um, and so that's when it solidified to me that it's not what you say, it's who is saying it. And if that who is a higher status individual, they can get away with saying almost anything. And it works because girls don't really remember that much what guys say, you know, mm-hmm. like guys don't remember that much what girls say. No, one, no. no one's that smart. No one's remembering shit, right? It's how you made them feel. But it, like, who is saying it is is the, the key driver of how you're making them feel. So that's yeah. the really good yeah. to who it is. What are the things that you've seen have, have really been the big impact, like the big hacks 
in terms of status. And I'm saying I'm saying hacks because it, it really does trigger and it is a lifelong journey of increasing your value as a man, like every single asset. But it seems to be like today's day and age, and it is today's day and age that after after Rona and everything you have to be a full package, man. If you're not, you, you ain't got nothing. And I remember you have a, a classic analogy, the triangle analogy, which is the, the 1% of guys, the 100% of girls, and then below that is the 90. I'll put a little description of exactly what you mean by that. And so what are some of the things that, that the guys can do, and even the girls too, that want to improve, you know, but the guys mainly, what are, what are the things that you see? Like, okay, we'll in, improve that. I have something on my board that I've created called the seven pillars of status, right? And everything almost has like counterweight. Like if you increase your money, your looks will come up just because you've got money. You think you can ball and you can buy new stuff or you can get like the facial, but then like your, your fitness goes down because now you've got more money. So you have to kind of like, you know, adjust it. So what are some of the things that you've worked out? Like the, the not the counterweights, but like, okay, improve that and you'll be okay. You'll be better off than a lot of the people, like the one or two things that, that you see. There's a few things to me that, that make up the, the, the higher status package, so to speak. Mm. Uh, I think vocal tonality is a huge hack, I think. Mm. Um, because there, there's, all these, there's all these weird little intricacies. For instance, if you can speak in such a way that people just keep paying attention to you, they'll backwards rationalize it as your higher status. Otherwise, why would it be people's attention? Well, yeah, being a good storyteller, but just having a lot of vocal, uh, vocal uh, dexterity and changing your tonalities a lot and things like that are going to hold people's attention. Mm. So uh, being able to speak in that way is super powerful and super high status. Um, being able to hold eye contact with someone and look them in the eyes, not in a weird, creepy way, you know, but just <laughs> in a normal, relaxed way is really powerful. Um, body language, you know, not, there, there's like, there's adult body language and then there's teenager body language. Yes. Teenager is, uh, you know, I spread my legs as wide open as I possibly can and I'm taking up as much space as I can and, and you know, I'm, I'm overcompensating. But high status body language, it's open, it's grounded, um, and, and that, that'll be a hack, you know? So it's like, those three are the big subcommunications to me. And then the other one that I've been thinking about a lot lately, yeah. uh, that um, it's hard to explain. I'm gonna try and do my best. This is my first yeah. time trying to explain it. Oh, I love but it. We, we know that being non-reactive is yeah. really attractive. I mean, we know it's a really attractive trait in general. Uh, but if you go deeper and you go, well, why do people react in the first place? You know, it's because they're triggered, yep. right? They're triggered in some way emotionally. And so if we can remove the triggering, then people just stop reacting. And instead they start responding. For and sure. if you're a guy who is responding instead of reacting, and the, the distinction I make is when someone says something, if yeah. you immediately feel emotion and you have to like, you're like, oh, I don't like this feeling or I'm about to say something or, or whatever, mm -hmm. then you are reacting. But if they say something and there's a pause and you can, uh, you're not triggered by it, your emotions just stay the same and you can mm -hmm. just observe what they said. Do I agree? Do I disagree? I don't know, let me think about it. And you take your time with it, then you're you're non-reactive without trying to be non-reactive, which is the goal. And right. if you're that way, you're going to be really attractive. Like the 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 lack of validation for sure, not wanting their validation is a big thing. It seems like in that one. Yeah, well, certainly not wanting their validation. But then you go deeper. Well, why does someone want someone else's validation in the mm. first place? Uh, if, you, if you want to get weird and, and therapy, like you know, it's their <laughs> their inner child is feeling needy in that mm -hmm. moment and it needs validation. And so if you actually develop uh, a relationship with that child and you heal that child, then there won't be the want for the validation in the first place. And people are like, uh, they're like dogs. Like they can, they can, they can sniff it out on you if you have it or if you don't. And if you don't, then you're attractive. Yeah. I, I feel like girls are, are even better at it too. Like a hundred times better at it than guys. Sometimes we're a bit more like dumb playing like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Everything's great in the sinking ship you know what i mean girls are like oh no because you know it comes back to that evolution psychology you know with the, the hunter gatherer tribes especially you know when they are gathering they are they could see the subtle cues i remember i did a video um which brings me back to you're the reason why i blew up on tiktok only reason jason capital is the only reason that i did right only you know, right. and we're going back <laughs> into like 2019 i'm i'm on this i'm seeing you hack and i'm like hang on i'm like the platform starts as a as a as a dancing app right look up that they beta tested in singapore india china japan okay i'm like okay well how does an app mature right then i'm seeing you and then i found this one article that an app matures a new app especially by putting info information out there so i'm like okay well jason capital's putting info out there 2020 you know really pushing it mm -hmm. i'm like okay and the app is maturing 
this is this is new this is completely new right and so i'm like okay so i just went full thing like everything that you were doing i was like trying to do it for myself it worked and obviously i was seeing you blow up i was seeing me blow up i was like holy shit we fucking hacked it so it was all thanks to you because i was watching you every day i was like okay what's he doing what's he doing what's he doing <laughs> well thank you for that man and i like at one point in yeah. in 2020 we were posting 10 videos a day on yes that's what i saw i saw that i couldn't keep up <laughs> could not keep up <laughs> No, we had, we had three, basically three and a half full-time people doing that. That's, that's a lot of work. Um, and we also actually found that 10 was a little too much and six became the spot. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember you did blow up and even now going through your Instagram, I was just like, holy shit, it's too much fucking content. So much <laughs> content. And that's what you need. You need that content. You know what I mean? But going back to it, it seems like, you know, th this is even a bigger, bigger uh, trait, especially for, for, you know, young guys is, is social media has got to be on point now too. It's like your digital business card. No, like if you don't have an Instagram, you don't exist almost at this point pretty well. And it sucked that you lost yours. And I'm not saying that, you know, you got yours back, but I was like, there's a point. I was like, man, where the fuck is Jason? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting because uh, when I stopped doing dating coaching, like around late 2016, uh, that's when social media was really starting to force its way into our social life. Exactly. Uh, so I never, I never really, when I was like out there single and dating, I had to like deal with that, but now it's, it's extremely obvious. Like everything you're saying is, I think is totally valid. Um, but I think for the thoughtful guy, for the strategic guy, it gives yeah. him a huge advantage, uh, because like in internet marketing, we talk a lot about the, the preframe, you know, like how do you prime someone before they land on your page? Right. Because right. you can prime them in such a way that they go in with an expectation uh, and, you know, confirmation bias, if they expect to see something that they will see something. And so you can, uh, you can engineer your social media and your Instagram to preframe yourself in such a way that when she meets you in person, um, she just is looking to confirm what she already decided on the internet, you know? So like, it's an advantage in a way that guys just didn't have before. So I think if any guy out there is like mad about it and he's like, oh, I don't like this social, like dude, shut the fuck up and, and get in the game. It's so crazy that you brought marketing into like the real strategic marketing. And that the whole thing was marketing in the first place. That's all it fucking was in the whole dating pool, in the whole social circle, making friends with high status kids. Marketing, that's it. The whole thing is marketing. It's, it's, it's all it's ever been. You know, it's just, there's people who know that and there's people who don't know that. And the people who don't know that are going to fail to the people who do. I remember Marilyn, you know, that they, they have some, some Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe, you know, she was in inside her. I, I remember this because my nan used to do this. It was so hilarious. I loved it. We're walking in her, and she'd be in front of a, her chat, you know, chest of drawers with the mirror and stuff like, you know, back of the, the vanity, like they used to say back in the day. And she would be perfecting the way she would be, be like looking and like, you know, for pictures and for stuff like that. But it really makes sense that like, if you can craft an image around yourself with marketing, with business, especially, you know, you know, you're someone that's, that's had multiple, you know, and you've made multiple millionaires. So it's something that is not just a fluke. It is something that's crafted, something that's, that's really, you know, orchestrated. So what are some of the tips that, especially for the guys I'm talking, you got to be an entrepreneur, you got to have a business, you literally got to do something. What are some of the things that you can recommend, um, you know, early beginners, intermediates that are really trying to go to that advance in terms of like the marketing side of it, you know, that'll help their dating, that'll help their friendships, that'll help their business, all three of them coupled together. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, hmm. Let me think about that for a second. I think, uh, I think understanding what makes someone or a brand higher status would mm -hmm. be an incredibly important thing because then you understand how to how to set up your Instagram, how to set up your TikTok, how to set up your social media in a way that presents yourself as a higher status guy. You know, uh, are you pre-selected? Are you socially proofed? Do you seem to have a wide variety of interests? You know, I had, um, I remember uh, when I was a dating coach, I went to Dan Bilzerian's house, right? Yeah. And we were talking about girls and, you know, and marketing different stuff. And Dan understood from the very beginning that his Instagram was a marketing funnel for girls. That was why he, he got that. But what he did and I thought it was an interesting way to apply the framework is he took all of mysteries. I think it was seven DHV switches that mystery talked about. Yeah. And he just tried to make every seventh post each switch, you know, so like okay. the first switch leader of men. And then the next switch is socially proof with girls and, and so on and so forth. And he just was like, all right, that's that post. Now I need the next switch. That's the next post. And that's a really smart way to take. That's uh, fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's Holy really smart. And so Holy I think if you understand that, 
Um, or if you understand, I yeah. mean, literally you go back to mystery framework, which by the way is fine and still works today. And then yeah. turn your social media into that. You're going to, you don't have to worry about, am I pre-framing myself correctly or not? Like if you follow his thing, you are. And, and that happens to, and that's in business also too. You know what I mean? That's you would exactly. go business, you'd say, what's the equivalent of mystery switches in a, a personal brand or in a company yeah. business? So all you do is figure out your own framework and then each post serves a specific purpose and just rotate it in that way. Fuck, man, this is gem on gem on gem you're dropping. Holy fucking shit. Shaking the shit out in the snow story, I would love to hear because that is that is one of the, the classics of you because I know you've told it a while, but tell the people because it, it's a, it gives you it gives you an, a great image of, of who Jason Cappell is, I reckon. He's a crazy person. That's who he is. Uh, <laughs> I um <clears throat> so when I was 20, I was I was starting to make money online, but like I said, I'm incredibly shy. I'm a virgin, I've never kissed a girl, I've never had a girlfriend, I've never had any of those things. And I started, I read the game by Neil Strauss, and I was like, holy shit, this is this is amazing. I, I need yeah. to figure this out. The problem was I could like read the lines of what I was supposed to say, but when it came to do it in person, I was terrified and I couldn't yeah. do it. And so I had, I don't know where I got the thought from, but I'm like, well, if I could do something way scarier in front of people than, you know, ask a girl for her opinion on something, mm. asking her for opinion or making fun of her or having a little fun with her is going to be fucking easy. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. what I would do is on the way to class, as I'm walking with my backpack and I'm in Michigan state, so it's snowing and stuff. All the kids are walking to class too. And they're getting on buses and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just act like I, for three seconds, I just shake the shit out like a crazy person yep. thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to have the, the campus police called on me or something. Yeah. But I would do this and no one would react. No one gave a shit. No one responded. Barely anyone noticed. But I felt different after I was like, I felt like a little buzz. I felt like, you know, after like three shots yeah. of vodka or something like that. And for 20 minutes after that, I had like a hit of a high and I could talk to people and I could be social with them and I could be uh, free and I felt great. And then of course it would go down after 20 minutes and I would do it again. And then it go down 20 minutes. And eventually what it did is it became like a muscle. And I found if I did it constantly every 20 minutes or so for like, I don't know, a few months or something, it became habituated. And then pretty soon I was like a different person. I wasn't different in that I was fake. It was that who I was before was fake and who I was now was the real one. It just had the, the guards were gone yes and that's so key because everyone thinks they are real and it's like wait till you do that shit and then you feel how you feel at the end of it <laughs> you're like who is this oh wait this is actually who i am yeah you're like oh oh this, you know you're touching yourself you're like oh real me <laughs> everything feels better i just noticed i still got one of the fucking nightclub bedroom stamps on my fucking arm <laughs> i feel like oh fuck i better hide that uh, no last night uh, yeah, well, we did go out. We actually, um, there was a big uh, function. If you know anything about Andrew Tate, he has a war room and there was a bunch of Sydney blokes there and I'm not part of it. I just saw him. I was like, yeah, I'll get him in. It's so funny when I've, I've got the connections. I'm like, yeah, get that, get him that. And I'm just arguing with the promoters. I'm like, I have no fucking wristbands and they just bought the booth. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> they can't even get alcohol because I'm like, oh, anyways. It's so funny because... At, at the level that you've been doing, you've been doing this years and years and years, and you're at such a point where you've even created new stars. So shout out to my boy, um, fucking Rene Lacard. I, I met him from your, your interviews. So he was coming to your thing, you were putting him on, Christian Fleno, all these people. And so you've got to a, such a point where you can even put other people on, which is amazing. And so that, you know, that leader of men and stuff like that. So at what point did you feel in yourself that you're like, you know what, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well where I wanted to be, you know, status wise. And, and, and do you have other goals? Do you have, what's your new goals and that you want to pursue? Is there a new height that you want to get to where you're already at? Like, how do you keep yourself motivated when you're already at this height that you're at? I mean, dude, that's a, a great question and a timely question for me. Um, so I, basically the, the last few years, um, I, I kind of felt lost to be perfectly honest, because, mm -hmm. uh, the last three or four years, like I have money good there. Mm -hmm. uh, I like my life. I like my relationship. Um, you know, like things are good. And so yeah. you're like, well, what do I, what am I supposed to do now? Like, mm -hmm. do I just buy this wave? So I'm, I'm dead. Like, is that the point? <laughs> um, and I kind of fell into this trap of like, uh, like a, a golden handcuff kind of thing where money's good. Like it just wasn't super passionate what I was doing. And so I, I don't know, 18 to, uh, to 21 or so I was, in, I was in biz op, right. I was teaching people how to start businesses and sell business opportunities and the money was great there, but the passion was not. And it was just hard to turn off because as I said, the money was there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, in, in December, I, 
of, I don't know, five months ago or so, my Instagram went down. Yep. And two months before that, I'd already replaced myself as CEO because I knew I didn't want to do this anymore. So I'd, I'd hired a whole new CEO. We had a COO in, we changed the comp plans in the company. We had 44 employees and I was completely out and free. Yep. And, uh, and then, like I said, my Instagram goes down, which was like the heartbeat of that business. And so unfortunately I had to fire 44 people on Christmas day oh. of 2021. Yeah. It's like Merry Christmas. Um, and it, it absolutely sucked to have to do it, but there, there was no business. And so um, yeah. I spent the last five months being able to just like think and try and figure out what actually is my next move. What do I want to do? Um, and so there's a couple of things that I'm playing. I started a supplement company uh, a couple months ago that's actually doing really well already, which has been great. Mm -hmm. um, so I have that. And that's kind of just like a side project where I get to flex my copywriting muscles. Uh, <laughs> I'm, starting, I'm starting a consulting venture right now, which uh, it's the first time I'm, I'm telling anyone about this, but we're, you know, we're, we're in hiring right now. It's going to be called AdScore. Um, and it's going to be kind of like uh, an advertising assessment tool for marketers and advertisers to figure out where they're strong and where they're weak and just help them understand their strengths and weaknesses and help them improve quickly. Um, we're going to be marketing more towards organizations and individuals with that business. Um, and so those are both really interesting to me and that's fun. But the big play that I want, I have, which is insane, is I want to be a billionaire by the time I'm 40. And that's my- I've, I've heard, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, this. So I'm 33. I have seven years to do it. Um, and the goal is, by the way, just so we're clear, in case seven years from now, some asshole is like, you didn't do it. You said you would do it on, on Sam's pocket. It's not that. Um, <laughs> I want a billion under management by the time I'm 40. Mm -hmm. So I don't expect to be a billionaire by 40, but I do want to have a billion dollars under management by 40, which means whether it's real estate or other assets that I manage, yep. I, I have that. And so that is what I'm building towards. Um, I have an amazing business partner, Sharon Shribatsa, who maybe you've seen in some of my videos before. Mm -hmm. He's partnered with me on these projects. And, yep. and um and so it's, it's cool. It's a totally different phase of my life. Um, and, you know, like telling you that I want to be a billionaire, telling anyone that is scary as hell to me to say, like genuinely scary because yeah. it's like, well, what if I fail? You know, what if it doesn't work? Yeah. Uh, there's that. The other thing is like, like you mentioned at the start of this, you know, I haven't been sleeping that well uh, mm -hmm. because I, I quit weed. I've smoked weed every day since I was 22 years old. That's 11 years I've done this. Um, and four days ago I quit. Why? Because it doesn't align with my goals. Like I, I couldn't see a way where I could achieve this goal and keep smoking weed. It's just not possible. And so, um, a lot of things in my life are changing right now and it's, it's exciting. Man. That that's amazing. Especially, especially the weed part. Cause I know, I know the, especially because, you know, to preface the people, it wasn't that you're getting high. It was you, you were using it for sleep, you know what I mean? To sleep, to get that. Deep it was, I did it every night. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I think honestly, that's, what's made quitting a little bit easier is that I wasn't like a recreational, like let's yeah. fuck all day, every day. It was, so that's made it easier, but um, yeah, you know, that's you gotta like, you gotta pick your sacrifice basically. Yeah. It seems like, you know, even, even at the heights that you are, it's still like the challenges are still there. You know, the small little things to get better, the 1%, 2%. Now, how has has this new goal been influenced? How, how much has Dan uh, Pena influenced that goal for you, having that mentor, having that someone that you can always look up to, that you can like confide in, that is of, the, of even higher status? You know, we're going to say higher status than us. The man's fucking a god pretty much at this point. You know what I mean? So how much has his influence been, been in this new goal, this new Jason, you know, the new evolution of yourself? To be perfectly honest, not at all. Which is okay, funny. cool, cool. Yeah, I, I listen, I, I love Dan Pena. I think yeah, he's yeah. incredibly entertaining. He's a yeah. savage business person, inspires millions of people. Um, but his, what he does is not what I do. He mm. teaches in a roll-ups acquisitions, things like yeah. that. Um, and that's not really the direction that I'm going this to be perfectly honest, man. Um, all of the, these goals and these changes I'm having, they've come from work that I've done over the last eight months with a guy named Brent Charlton, okay. um, who is a, an unbelievable coach and therapist. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he has, uh, he, he, I almost want to call it a technology, but he has, he has like a technology where he can work with you and he can identify all your triggering that you have in life right. uh, in your relationships with women, your relationship with your parents, with money, with business, uh -huh. with all those things. And he can literally identify them on a piece of paper. So you have like a list of each one, yeah. every single one. And then he has a, a technology, a tool to remove that triggering permanently. Okay. And so it's almost like a scientific process where he goes, he's going through with me and we're just, just getting rid of all of them. And as they've disappeared, my goals have changed. My yeah. responses to other people have changed. Everything, everything changes as a result. Um, and so like, I don't think I could have, I could have quit weed 
before him. I don't think I would have had a goal to be a billionaire before him. Um, I don't think I would have had the confidence to partner with Sharon, who is uh, quietly very, very rich and very successful um, in, in all those things. You know, like like one one weird trigger. I'll give you an example of that. Yeah, it was interesting. In my last company, when we had 44 employees, I was the oldest person in the company, right? And I'm 33. Right. Now, you go, what? Why is that? What's that about? And what I realized was unconsciously, I had a triggering that said, I can't talk back to older people, or I have to do what older people tell me. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I consciously hired 43 people who were younger than me. Now that's fine, but how are you going to scale a company to the level you want if everyone is less experienced than you are? It's not going to work. And so I've removed the triggering. And like today, before I came out with you, we were interviewing people who are our, uh, for our VP of sales role, and they're all older than me. And before I would have, you know, I would have been triggered. I would have been trying to like prove I'm better than them in some shit. Now it's just like a very adult conversation. And there's no way I could have done that eight months ago. That's, that's some epic shit. I'm not gonna lie. That sounds fucking amazing. And that's yeah. what like, you know, so many people have that running them. And that's where I guess the, the reactiveness that you were talking about before, you know, removing all of those really comes from. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because the, those are the blind spots we can't see you know, the completeness, like, you know, or maybe we might know a little bit, but you know, we don't know it's, what to do about it. That's exactly right. Well, that's also why they're called blind spots, yeah. right? If, if we knew about them, they won't be blind spots, right? Yeah. They would just be spots. Um, and so th that is the problem. See, most people, they're just uh, reacting. They're not thinking. They're making decisions based on a reaction, not by choice. So I'll give you, I'll give you a very uh, out there example, but like yeah. a funny one. Yeah, yeah. So let's say, that there's a, let's say that there's a dude, a guy who um, he's 28 years old. He's in a relationship with this girl he's met known since college or something. Yep. And he keeps thinking to himself, uh, I really want to sleep with an Asian girl. I've never slept with an Asian <laughs> girl before. Right. And his girlfriend is not Asian. Yeah. Right. Uh, what does he do with that? You know, like he, he could cheat on her. That probably yeah. would have bad consequences. That's not a good decision. He could break up with her and then sleep with an Asian girl. But what if it's not all he thought it was? And now he wants her back, but she doesn't yeah, want to go back yeah, to him. Yeah. Right. So instead, what does he do? Well, what if he just went to her and he to his girlfriend and he said, hey, um, I just want you to know I've been thinking about like what it would be like to sleep with an Asian girl. What do you think about that? You know, and maybe she's like the fuck out of here. Hell no. And he goes, OK, thank you for letting me know. I'm going to take that into account. It's not I'm going to react to what you're saying and be like, all right, I guess I won't do it because that's a reaction. It's a choice. It goes, OK, thank you for letting me know. I'm going to take that into account and I'm going to think more about it. Right. And that's the difference between someone who's reacting and someone who's making a choice. Now, I am by no means saying that you should break up with your girlfriend to sleep with an Asian girl. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm just using a, an eccentric example, which yeah. I'll never forget what I just said because it's so random. But the point is reaction versus choice. And you can, it can I mean, flip it around. The girl says to the guy, I want to sleep with an Asian guy. Right. You're not doing that. OK, thank you. Let me know. I'll think about that. That's the difference between uh, a reaction and a choice. That's so keen. It seems like a lot of people just run through reaction the whole life. You know what I mean? Every single choice, every single decision is a reaction to it. Yeah, man. It's, that's fucking, that's, that's so key within people. It's, and it's terrifying. Yeah. Your, your mind, man. Like I, I can't, I can't get over it. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's so interesting. I guess it is that marketer's mind, you know, just everything is ticking over. You know, I, I see the commonalities between you and Gary V of picking trends early, like even before anyone sees that shit, you know? And so that, that's a thing that I've really tried to cover with you is like, pick it. Like, is it, where is it? Like in, when you're looking for things that are before everyone else, that's when you find the shit before everyone else. Like, you know, take our TikTok example, 2019, 2020, no one was doing the shit that we were doing, you know? Yep. And then yep. now look at, look at fucking every second thing is like info, 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 info. You know, the, yep. the, the, the strategy of like the short sharpness of like a pattern interruption first one to three seconds then a little bit of an intro with a hook, with a curiosity, then a conclusion. If you didn't have the conclusion, you got no views. Then you'd be putting fucking TikTok jail and you'd be posting good shit and they get like two, like 20 views, 200 views. Man, that wasn't fucking time. I remember when you went through the jail, I went through the jail too. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, what awful. is it? Yeah, it's awful. How long oh, is it? It's so funny. Like, you know, as you said, when you lost your Instagram, I, I recently, about two weeks ago, lost, you know, I had, had 200,000 on TikTok, gone. No, no, no ban, no nothing, just completely gone. And I was actually followed and, and knew the people from TikTok Australia and they won't give me an answer. They're like, no, no, no. So I was like, okay, something, something's happened here. You know what I mean? But as soon as that happened, it's like it opened up a gateway for me to think. Mm. 
And then I realized, I was like, let me look at the metrics. And I was like, I was looking at ClickFunnels and I was like, I've lost 11% like viewership on the, on the website. That's it. I was like, huh. So like the eight, you know, obviously Richard Koch, you know, 80, 20 principle. I'm like, well, I was just running the 20, I was running the, you know, 20% which was useless for so long. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, so it's, it, it, it's very key, I guess, to look at your life like a marketer. And that's what I'm noticing more and more because mm-hmm you're going to get the most out of it when you're really getting to the numbers and the statistics. And, and that's a great example because you brought the statistics to uh, the dating market, especially through the marketing, any sort of, any sort of tips that you can give these guys, you know, final question, any sort of tips that you can kind of give them that would really, really skyrocket them. Like you say, okay, you implement this in the next three months, you're going to get, uh, you know, you're going to know a lot more people, you know, with your social circle, you're going to really explode that with your dating. You're going to get some more, some more in and your business is going to, because I talk about the flywheel. You don't look at it as business dating, you know, social circle. It's, it's one thing. That's all it is. It's one fucking thing. You know what I mean? Because everything is fucking in general. So what are, what are the things that you, you obviously tell people in your stuff, like do these things for a long time, six months, eight months, and you'll get the result that you want. So do you mean, you mean for women, for money, for all of it? Yeah, all of it. Yeah. In terms of that are really implementable for all every three areas. It might be more dating, it might be more social circle, but something that's really, really more implementable they can do like right today. I think the first thing I would recommend is just like stop okay all right like that's good that's great that's great stop so most of the inputs they're probably getting right now are absolute shit and so when i say stop i mean stop stop the scrolling stop reading the media stop looking at the news just stop all of that stuff we kind of need to pull all the weeds out before we can plant new seeds into the garden so i would just just, you need to clean all that shit out first Uh, are you addicted to porn you need to fix that are you addicted to social media or smoking cigarette like you need to fix that Um, that would be the first place I would start. Then the second thing I would say is find something that you are absolutely motherfucking passionate about. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's going to make you money or not make you money. If you're passionate about being the best video game player in the world, fine, go for it. If you're passionate about Lord of the Rings, you think it's geeky. I don't care. Go for it. Whatever the hell it is, become absolutely passionate about that and then get immersed in the community that surrounds that passion. And I think when you're part of a community, you're going to meet more people. You're going to get connected. There's probably going to be girls in there as well. But if you're really passionate, then you're automatically attractive to other people. You're kind of like a magnet for people. And so I uh, spend less time doing things you don't enjoy. It still sounds so simple, but like spend less time doing things you don't enjoy doing and find the thing you're passionate about and see if you can make your whole life about it. I love David Data's advice where when a man is on his purpose, everything in his life, everything in his environment is all coordinated and congruent to support the achievement of that purpose. Now, most people in life have been taught you need to work-life balance. I'm done. I work nine to five and then I spend family time and then I, I don't know, I read or I watch TV and then I go hang with my mates and I drink, I get drunk with them. And it's all like very compartmentalized. And I'm saying that's a, I think that's a poor way to live. Instead, make make your entire existence about this one thing that you love. And I think everything else in your life will just get better. That's key. That is that that's huge, especially like, with that. But give you give yourself permission to do that because your parents are gonna think you're out of your mind. Your friends are gonna think you're crazy and unhinged. But listen, dude, most people are fucking miserable. Yes. They're, they're miserable. And so uh, if you want to be miserable, take their advice. But otherwise, <laughs> like, don't. <laughs> exactly. Well, I remember when I went to RSD, every school friend or high school friend dropped me. And it was the best thing that ever fucking happened. It was so <laughs> fucking freeing. And it was great. I could do what I want. Last question, Mr. Jason Kappel. If you could change one thing about the world, what would that one thing be for you? I'm going to pick two things. One, people need to lay the fuck off Elon. All right. They need to chill. All right, let, let Elon be Elon. All right, Elon is important and we need him. So everyone needs to chill. All right, stop attacking him. That'll be the first thing. Um, but the second thing would actually would be people gaining awareness around uh, all their triggering, all the ways that they're reacted, um, they're, they're reacting. And fuck, if I, if I could teach everyone Brent's work, I would be very freaking happy because I would be able to relate to people a lot more. And Brent's framework, he, he kind of, there's, there's a YouTube video people should watch. His name is Brent Charlton, but he, he talks about child, teen, adult. And those are the only three ego states that people exist in, child, teen, adult. And when you are a teen, your energy is kind of like in the shoulders and, you know, it's kind of like one of these things. Like yeah, teen, yeah. Oh, I'm better than you. I don't need shit, all that stuff. The child is the exact opposite. The child is kind of afraid. The child is needy, um, you know, kind of pulling on people and so on and so forth. But the adult 
is kind of grounded. The energy comes from here, like in the heart and the solar plexus. And they're not reacting. They're not needy, but they're also not better than you. And they're not trying to make, you know, make a point or put you down. They're, they're cool in their own world. And I think if we could get more people to that place, dialogues could happen, conversations could happen, uh, things would just be a lot better. And uh, I say this knowing it's probably impossible, but maybe if 1% of people watching this go work on this shit and, and move into an adult place more of the time, because in Brett's estimation, he's like, dude, 99% of the world is in a, a teen place or a child place all the time. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. I can, I can, yeah, best believe that for sure. When you start seeing the world through that lens, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and it's only gotten worse with social media and with the pandemic and all this other shit. And so uh, if, if somehow that could happen, that would be great. It's not going to happen, but um, just a little bit more would be great. <laughs> a little bit more would be helpful, but I think, I think it's even more helpful if you mm. pair that idea with the acceptance that it's never going to happen. And I think the best thing that people can do is take care of themselves, uh, make themselves more valuable, you know, follow their own path. Like I said, like I thing you love and just do that. And, you know, let the world do what the world's going to do, but you need to do you. Man, you just dropped a lot of gems on these people. They're going to actually take action on everything you said. If they take action, your life's fucking a lot better, a lot better, man. If anyone wants to know, at Jason Capital is your handles on everything. I don't even need for you to say it because fuck, man, it's going to be there. Everyone should know it. YouTube is a thing where you're you're promoting a lot more on YouTube. I see a lot more videos, which is amazing. Good to see you back. You know, I, I know a lot of the old, you know, OG YouTube, like Brandon, Brandon Carter, good friend of mine. And I'm like, Brandon, man, you know, you had 800,000 and you still fucking posting. What's going on, man? You know, <laughs> I'm mean, he's like, you know, you yeah, yeah, now he's coming back and shit, which is good you know, and, and Ellie and stuff. So, you know, you're a part of the OG community. So, you know, it's, it's amazing what you've done over the last couple of years and stuff. Yeah, man. Well, I kind of see, you were talking before about spotting trends before people do and Like mm. I kind of see a lot of the, what I would call the old crew yep. starting to come back and everyone seems um, re-energized mm. before like the last four or five years, all my friends um, who were big, let's say in 14, 15, 16 on social, yep. they were kind of like bored of it and they just like chilled out or they, you know, I got good money. I'm just gonna, and now yeah. something's, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but something is switched and like they're back. Like Elliot is texting me. He's like, let's talk about marketing. I want to do this. I want to, I'm like, what the fuck have you been for five years? I'm glad you're back. Where have you been? And I just, I'm starting to see that. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I mean, oh man, you know, the guys can just look at the, the last podcast. You can see how invigorated he is. Fucking, he just goes on and, and he's going off. And I'm like, I'll let you go, bro. Just fucking, he's <laughs> rant after rant after rant. I'm like, yeah, the old school Elliot. I fucking love it. But thank well, you, Jason. I appreciate it, my friend. And, and is there anything that you want to promote exactly, you know, your supplement brand that could be like, you know, pretty, pretty good for there and stuff like that. I know the other one was a more B2C kind of thing. You're at your ad, ad score. Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. Um, the okay. supplement thing, I kind of stay behind the scenes on and I'm, I'm happy right, I'll, to cut, do I'll cut it. I'll cut it out. Well, fine. To be perfectly honest in the, in the supplement world, man, we can keep this in. And this goes like, do you know anyone who makes money on Shopify? Of course. Yeah. Of do you course. Ever that, like they hide their products. And they don't want anyone to know what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing in supplements. People rip you. It's already hard enough. So I'm just like, I don't know. I got to stay behind the scenes there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just follow me. Instagram. That's it. Yeah, Jason. Well, thank you very much, my friend. Appreciate your time.